This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. You can reach me at mhs at altamontenterprise.com. I'm talking to John Haluska, who has taken upon himself the task of repainting Gilderland's 40 or so historical markers. His interest in the aesthetics of Gilderland doesn't end with his painting roadside markers. A retired real estate appraiser, he looks at dilapidated buildings with a critical eye. He has become a gadfly, regularly attending Gilderland Town Board meetings to check up on the progress of getting rid of or fixing eyesores. He sees his role in Gilderland, the town he is now proud to call home, as making it look like the gem he feels it is. Sometimes, he says, you've got to be a pain in the ass. Goes all the way back to 1927, and uh, it was a, a celebration of the uh, sesquicentennial of the United States. And the New York State Education Department uh, decided that, well, why don't we have markers commemorating a whole pile of stuff that took place back in the day? And Gilderland was very fortunate to have two folks, Arthur Gregg and William Brinkman, who got in on this. And really, really, really went at it. And they uh, started off, and they were able to get 25 markers uh, in those first early years. And uh, I'll be talking more about them as uh, the as the uh, meeting unfolds on the 17th at seven o'clock. There will be a link as uh, as we do nowadays so that uh, folks can tune in. And, uh, and I'd just yes. like to know what got you personally interested in this. I remember we wrote, Elizabeth Floyd Mayer was our Gilderland reporter then, and she wrote a story about how you had just taken this on on your own. I think the town didn't even know you were doing it when you initially started it. What? Why? What, what made you well, do that? Oh, uh, I had a very interesting inspiration. Uh, I Before I retired uh, in tw- uh, 2014, I was a real estate appraiser. And I would travel, you know, not far and wide, but, you know, but at least wide in the uh, to appraise real estate in the various counties, Albany, Green, Columbia, uh, for example. I was down in Greenville one day, uh, probably around 2010. And I drove in over the border, and all of a sudden I was greeted with these wonderfully freshly painted signs, these markers. And I inquired at the local hardware store, hey, how did that come about? And they said it was a uh, Eagle Scout project that a young person un- undertook. And gosh, did they turn out well. They looked really sharp. And I said to myself, I- I'd like to do that for the town. So I, I went back. I found. Uh, I tried to tried to get uh, people interested, uh, and uh, one thing led to another, and it, it didn't happen at that time. And I wasn't going to be able to do it at that time because I was working uh, quite a quite a bit, so I didn't have the time. But I did retire in November of uh, 2014. We took a trip, uh, and it was interesting because our last meeting was Brian Farr of the uh, U.S. Route 20 Association. I'm a member of that also. 
and uh, it was great to see him make make his presentation. But we did a Route 20 trip, and we we went out all the way. Uh, we we got on at the uh, the Carmen Road uh, intersection, drove all the way out here and there. Uh, probably about 1,600 of the 3,000 miles that we had available to us, wound up in Newport, Oregon, which is the very end of the uh, Route 20. So, But you could see how things were going along. Different communities had different ways of presenting their markers. And I said, okay, I'm going to get going and paint, which I did do. I started in uh, August, uh, let's see, yeah, August, of uh, 2015, started in Dunsville. Sherry was on a, uh, a class reunion out to her school, Earlville High School in uh, Mid-State, and I, I said, "Okay, I'm going to start." I painted seven that weekend. <laughs> that was that's ambitious. So, did you have a pattern for which ones you decided to paint when you started? Um... Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, for example, the first year, which was 2015, I did as much of the Route 20 uh, markers as I could because that's that's the main drag through town, and they're they're available. So I started at Dunsville, worked my way uh, east all the way to the very uh, last um, the very last uh, marker, which is the Rose Hill marker. Uh, down in, in Midtown. So um, I, I did that. I did 12 the first year. And well, I'm going to interrupt you to find out exactly how, what is your technique? What do you do? You leave them in place, right? It's not like you take them. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. the 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 en plein air artistes. Oh, yeah, you leave <laughs> them in place because those things weigh 150 pounds. They're, they're not going anywhere. They're cast. So, what are they made out of? They're, they're cast iron? Uh, the... Early ones, the 1932, you, you, if you look at these markers closely, you'll see at the bottom, State Education Department, 1932, cast iron. And they are the better of the, uh, of the markers to uh, work with simply because they, they hold the paint better. Uh, the more recent ones are aluminum or some kind of pot metal or something of that nature, and uh, you, you've got to be a little bit more frequent with the, with the paint. So what what you, what you get is the the paint. Uh, I've the markers that you see now. Uh, let's use Route Twenty as as an example because uh, I've done those. I've done a second coat on most of those. Um, it is a Rust-Oleum product, or excuse me, Krylon product, Midnight Blue Gloss. That's the spray can, and the. Letters, which are the gold, are sunburst yellow. So you spray the whole thing first with the midnight blue, and then do you paint right. each letter, each raised letter, yeah. by hand? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. What you get are those, uh, if you're familiar, you go in the hardware store and you get those stain brushes. They're black, and they have the wooden handles. Uh, you've seen them. But uh, you get the ones that are an inch and a half wide, and what you can do, it's it's a, it's a, you, you dab, you dab, you put your put your brush in the paint, you dab, and then you you do the letters. Um, typically, I, I can do depending upon the size of the letters, I can do two letters with with one dab. 
So you just it, it moves along. It takes me about an hour and a half to do one, to do one marker, both sides. And I know that there's one because I used to walk my dog by it every day, where you alternated your color. It's it's red. I, I, yes, yes. <laughs> and there's, there's On Brandle Road by the grave of Van Arnhem, I, Jacob yeah. Van Arnhem. Yeah, uh, Bill, Bill Donato, uh, rest his soul, uh, was a, was a caretaker of that of that cemetery. And I, I didn't know, I, I did not know the sign existed until he pointed out to me and I says, oh, so I went down there and I, I saw if, if I, if I tried a, a green or blue paint, I, I, I think the marker was green at the time. And I says, but it, it really blended in too, too mightily with the, with the foliage. So mm-hmm. I thought, uh, why don't I finish up? That was the last one that year. And I'll use the paints that I have. So the red is a garnet. The yellow is the Rustoleum sunburst yellow. And there's another side, which is blue. And uh, the, 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 I, I was really running out of paint at the time. So I, I used what I had. And, uh, you know, you you like it. You, you've I come, love it. it and, uh, it's very distinctive. Yeah. Yes, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is. Yeah. So with all these, and I noticed because you've sent in several letters to our paper with pictures, you've also kind of spearheaded the repair of some of the broken signs. Is that is that right? Oh gosh, uh, I got we, Tyler. Uh, Tyler Rap is o- over in the Gilderland Town Garage, and young guy, and he's a welder par excellence. So what happened was that two of the ones on Route 20 got smashed up either by a snowplow or a uh, or a car. In, in the car's case, uh, the one that is in uh, front of the Case Homestead uh, and the M&M, which is now the M&M Hotel, uh, motel across the street from uh, Tractor Supply. And um, so he, he was able to put those together uh and it was so neat to be able to work with with the town, and they, they wanted to get him out of the way. I mean, geez, you know, these, this isn't uh, stuff that uh, they would really concentrate on. But uh, I was able to to get three markers up. Uh, one they had prepared already. That was the Palatine Road marker, which is over on uh, Weaver Road and one uh, one forty six, just before you get. Uh, to cross the bridge and uh, just before you get to the uh, Gilderland Industrial Park, and they they install that. That's Bill Vincent and Rob Zwack, and then uh, they installed another one on uh, Route 20, the uh, the Wemple Farm sign, and then the the third one I installed uh, in pieces uh, <laughs> uh, down uh, down on Case. So uh, it was a team effort all the way. So when you're working on these, are you thinking about the history? Do you? Um, oh, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Because, again, uh, my Bible is uh, uh, Alice Begley's book, uh, The Gilded and Historic Markers, that she published in uh, 1994. And uh, just a treasure trove of informa- information, so well researched, and uh, it's, it's just a gem for me because um, – I'm I'm able to enjoy this stuff as I do it, and uh, says, oh, for example, the people you wouldn't think of, uh, 
uh, fellows that uh, participated in uh, the Revolutionary War, of which there are many, uh, 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 highlighted by the markers uh, throughout the town. Yeah, so you're kind of really experiencing the history as you're painting this. So did you, when when you took this trip across the country, ending in Newport, Oregon, was, yeah. is this you and your wife were on this trip? Is that who took the trip? Yeah. And did yes, you stop right. and did you, are you the kind of travelers where you would stop and you would look at markers along the way? Are you somebody yes. that does yes. that anyway? Yeah. Because I. Yep. It, it, it's fun. Uh, for example, we went through uh, Perrysville uh, in Ohio. Uh, Admiral Perry. Yeah. Uh, Okay, there they are, Perrysville. Went through uh, Mentor, uh, President Garfield's, um, President Garfield's uh, home. Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, just the, down the road a ways, not that far, uh, in, also in Ohio. Um, really enjoyed, the, the, there's a lot of great historical markers out in the, in the West uh, as, as Route uh, 20 goes down through places like Dunkirk and Fredonia. Uh, for example, uh, the Women's Christian Temperance Union is marked, it has a historic marker because it was begun in uh, Fredonia. So the, there, there's a lot of stuff that you can really enjoy, uh, and you, you don't have to see everything, but at least you know that it's there. Yeah. Well, so in Gilderland, you mentioned these original markers, you know, that Arthur Gregg and William Brinkman were responsible for. Um, and I forget how many you said, but... I, uh, 20, uh, 25. 25. Uh, and then how many uh, markers... Uh, uh, how many markers since then? How many markers are there okay, now? We're we're up to forty. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, how how have the markers come to be since that initial push? Well, interestingly um, enough, you you have the initial uh, uh, push by uh, Greg and uh, Brinkman, and they started it off. But the town pitched in. The Pine Bush Historic Society pitched in. Um, all of the, uh, the the four markers in the town of Gilderland that are on Old King's Highway are all done by the Pine Bush Historical Society. Uh, in fact, the other one that is also Pine Bush, and you wouldn't think about it, is the one, uh, the Palatine Road, because that was part, that road, and it was 146, was part of the uh, Skahari Turnpike that uh, people people used to get from Albany down into in, directly into Schoharie County, going through what was in Nowersville and, and now is Altamont. So, is there a particular concentration? Like you mentioned, several Revolutionary War. Is there a particular time in history that's more commemorated than another time, or do they kind of span oh, all? Okay. okay, here's here's the general gist of how this works. Um, when this program started, and if you notice the dates on many of the of the markers, it's State Education Department, 1932. This goes back to Greg and Brinkman. But they would, because you were stressing the sesquicentennial, you would want to include as much stuff, as much history about the Revolutionary War uh, and early the early settlers, the early uh, uh, village and town leaders, 
back in back in the day. For example, the Miners Freeman House is uh, 1803. That mm-hmm. uh, that marker is dated 1803. That's that's when Gilderland split from uh, Water Valite and became and became Gilderland. We were part of Water Valite at one time, and, and the, that perhaps explains why the Water Valite Reservoir is where it is. Mm-hmm. So. Are there, is there a propensity of markers for one, you know, so that, that emphasized the revolutionary era because it was a sesquicentennial, but since then, these other ones that have come along, are there, you know, are, how far back or how far forward, I guess, is the question. Okay. What, what, what makes history? Do you know what I'm asking? Well, like, are there any ones that, um, say from the thirties or from the, uh, I would say probably the the last marker is the Red Man Hall marker mm-hmm. uh, down uh, in, in in Midtown. Uh, th- that hall had seen a variety of uses. Now the the building does not exist anymore, but the the marker is where the site of this building was, and that that, that had a variety of. Um, of uses and it really that building terminated in the 19 in the 1940s but it had it had a use way back way back in the day as either as a church or as a as a uh, hall for the the red man uh, organization which was a social group also a political group as well and uh that that's that's pretty much it uh there is a program that you can that townships can participate in. Uh, it's it's under the auspices of the William F. Pomeroy Foundation, and you can get, in effect, a stipend to cover the cost of the of the markers. And right now, to mold and and print and all that other good stuff, these markers are running around twelve hundred bucks a piece. Mm. Now, when Greg and Brinkman were operating, and because this was a new p- program, the markers that they were able to buy cost them $2 each. Because the state subsidized it. There yeah. you go. You got it. Yeah, because they wanted it to celebrate the sesquicentennial of, of our, our nation. Well, I know that William F. Pomeroy um, Foundation has quite an elaborate um, process to go through. We've written about it. You have to um, show original historic records in order to do it. And right now, Mary Ellen Johnson, who writes a history column for us, is working on trying to do something that commemorates the contributions made by enslaved peoples. And it's just very hard because records are so so scarce but i wonder if you feel like knowing all these intimately as you do are there any holes in 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 our history are there are there things other than the you know the the enslaved people are there things other than that that should should be commemorated and aren't okay here's here's going from uh east to west once you get past Rose Hill on Route 20, where the library is, there is nothing, I mean nothing, in the regard to markers east of that particular marker. 
So there is a major gap. When again, the reason why there's a major gap is because Bre- uh, Greg and Brinkman were from Altamont and Dunsville, respectively. So <laughs> the bulk of the stuff wound up west. Uh, the, uh, the isn't that the- interesting? And here, the McCownville Association, they just got a designation to be an historic district. So- there you go. And that <laughs> begs for a marker. And that's mm-hmm. one of the, uh, I will tell you that I have uh, in my presentation that you have, there's at least six suggestions for markers, one of which is Mary Ellen's plan for the enslaved folks. But the first one that I put down was Billy McCown. And tell us about Billy McCown. Well, he he, he ran he ran a tavern. He, the, they named the they named the area after him. Mm-hmm. So there, there's uh, I I would believe that there's enough stuff going on down uh, with with uh, library information, maps, things of that nature that would uh, allow us to uh, to tune in to uh, uh, the Pomeroy Foundation and. Uh, Work our way through. Yeah, I, I've got the I've got the Pomeroy application. It's expensive. You you you, you can't and you can't fake it. You know, just say, well, you know, somebody did this, this, and this. That 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 doesn't. That's not going to work. Um, the thing is that what we have working for us are old maps, old photos of. Uh, and again, this would be in the uh, Gilderland history book that Mary Ellen Johnson worked with Alice Begley on. Uh, a while back, and they've got there's some wonderful, wonderful information in there on photos, things like that. So that's one. Second, toll booth, toll booth number two, uh, the, which there was a marker and has since disappeared for whatever reason. I, I have no idea, but we do have a, a, based on Alice Begley's. Uh, uh, commentaries in in her uh, book uh, again published in 1994. Uh, there was a marker designating the the, the second uh, the toll booth. Now keep in mind Western Turnpike. Uh, when you think of we think of Turnpike, we think of you know fast moving uh, uh, roads to allow vehicles to to go, go from here or there. The Turnpike was a dirt road. Overpopulated with with animals, pigs, cows, whatever else got driven to market, and it, it was it was a slog to get from here to there. But the road had to be kept up, and in order to do that, you had entrepreneurs who would set up toll booths, charge money, and uh, collect fees so that a they could ma- make a living, and b they could maintain the roads. And where was this? Where was this toll booth that should be commemorated? Where was it located? Okay, it was at right at the right at. If you're familiar with Mister Sub on uh, mm-hmm. uh, Route 20, right at the top of that hill or that little knoll there was where the it's, it's Albina Road, A L B I N A Road. Uh, and it, 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 that, that's where the toll booth was, and that is uh, pic- pictured in uh, uh, Mary Ellen and Alice's uh, book. And secondly, it's also shown on the map, uh, the 1866 map of Gilderland, which I have. So looking at the list you sent me, there are um, uh, both places and people who are commemorated, but it looks like every single one 
is related to a man. Not, are there are there any females? Uh, very, very good. Okay. Now, okay. Go down to number four. Okay. Lucy Cassidy. And that's that's interesting because I have uh, I have in fact I'm going as I I'm going to get this right now this book uh, the Alice uh, Mary Ellen Johnson and Alice Begley book it's called Images of America Gilderland in New York and I am going to open up because I, I I've done the research on this there are. 127 pages of pictures in this book. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me read to you the women. Madeline LaGrange, page 31, who's a poet. Anna Blessing, she's a teacher. Ruth Lawyer, she lives in Dunsville. Hazel Reed, Gilderland uh, began a uh, teacher at Gilderland Center. Uh, began Gilderland Center nursing home. And eighty-seven Lucy Cassidy. Why is Saint Lucy's called Saint Lucy's? Because Lucy Cassidy funded that church. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, I don't know if you recall, but I, one of the notes, one of the letters that I wrote way back, was that. I, I asked people, never got a response from anybody, if there were any women that should have be, that should be commemorated by historic markers. Because you're right, it, it's it's male dominated. I mean, just, just look at the Supreme Court up until uh, Senator Day O'Connor. I mean, what's new? Yeah, but the thing that's interesting, this book, of course, was, I'm flipping through it now, we use it every week to illustrate Mary Ellen's column. It was put together by two women. So, um, yeah, yeah, women have certainly been an integral part of our history, but you're right, they're not the kinds of accomplishments that get plaques raised for. There's really only one woman mentioned on the markers. And that's Claudia Nauer. Not because she was Claudia Nauer, but because she married William Marcy, who later became governor of New York, at that at her home, which mm-hmm. is on Route 146. There it is. There's your woman. Okay. <laughs> and she's kind noted kind of because like of who she married, not because there of who she married. There you go. There you go. So these, these women that you have isolated, the poet Madeline LaGrange and uh, Lucy Cassidy, who donated the money for the church, are you proposing doing markers for them? Is that the... Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, proposing, I'm proposing doing a marker for Lucy Cassidy. I, I would certainly have to meet with the uh, the church of, uh, the church officers mm-hmm. uh, and... It would be easy to put a place in, uh, put a put a marker in. But uh, yeah, you you gotta. Yeah, there's a, there's there are holes. Yeah. Well, do you have in all this work a favorite marker, a favorite place in in yes. the town? Which one? I do the Henry Rao Schoolcraft marker up on Willow Street. Yeah. Why is that your favorite? Well, for a variety of reasons, the marker is no different than any other marker. Right. But what he was, was really Gilderman's gift to the world in the sense that 
you know the word, the phrase Renaissance man? Mm-hmm. He's a Renaissance man. Fluent in Greek and Latin, he's an explorer, he's a historian, and in fact, he is the person who found, who finally determined the headwaters, where the headwaters were for the Mississippi River. Fascinating. And, and I know yeah. some of his work was drawn on by Longfellow to write the oh, poem oh, that's so yes. famous on Hiawatha. So, wait, yep. wow, that's interesting. And wasn't he not married? Done. He was married to a Native American, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Now, not done yet, because I mentioned my our Route 20 trip. Yeah. Route 20 takes you through Dubuque, Iowa. Uh-huh. And Dubuque, Iowa, has a wonderful museum down by the Mississippi River. It's the Rivers and uh, the Rivers Museum and Aquarium. They have a Hall of Fame, and it involves entertainers, civic leaders, but more importantly, back in the day, explorers. And they're ensconced forever is our guy from Gilderland, Henry Rao Schoolcraft. Hmm. He is in he is in the Rivers Museum and uh, the Rivers Museum and he is one of the explore in the, the explorer section. Uh you know Marquette and jo, uh, Joliet and all those all those folks uh mm-hmm. he's with him. He's with him. So we go out on the uh we go out on the uh something called the Spirit of Dubuque, which was a paddle wheel boat tour guide, tour you go up of, through a lock and turn around and come back. And um, the captain in his spiel mentions Henry Rao Schoolcraft. And I says, wow, I know that guy. <laughs> and I went up, I, I thanked him. I says, he, he comes from the town that we came, come from. So uh, it, it was really kind of neat. Yeah, that is neat. And that house had really fallen into disrepair. And for our, one of our home and garden sections, I wrote the the man oh, yeah, and his family the that live the, there now. It's yeah. just beautiful the, how they yeah. restored it. They have really, that's a, that's a beautiful home. That's yeah. a beautiful home. And it's so odd because all the attention in Gilderland, of course, has been for the John Schoolcraft house, you know, the yeah, mansion right. yeah. on Route well, 20. But isn't that, that's great. So he's your favorite, Henry Rouse Schoolcraft. Right. I'm also just interested and in more about you, because beyond the markers, you seem so concerned about the appearance of the town. You're often calling into town board meetings, worried about what you call eyesores and keeping tabs on you know, the progress made and either tearing them down or fixing them up. I mean, just tell us a little about... How did you? How did you get get interested first in that? Of all, first of all, this is a very nice town, but we do, uh, but we do have some warts, and the warts are very pronounced. We we have the uh, the, the rustic barn, which which we are working on. Where the direction it's going to go yet, I don't know. But hey, it's it thing things are things are happening. Uh, in regard to maybe a, a change of ownership or getting a new, getting a new owner there, it would it would involve a neighbor 
But uh, th- th- that's one. Because you think of that rustic barn, which is just west of uh, Fuller, Fuller Station Road, before you get to the railroad tracks, this is really you, – you get presented this as you come in from the west, and here's this god-awful-looking building that should have been uh, torn down you know, decades ago but st- is still there. The other properties that you have, you got the Bull property right in Midtown uh, where you've got seven or eight buildings that have been abandoned, derelict, or otherwise uh, – in, in in bad shape, and uh, I know that there's some some work going on there in terms of uh, a, a possible buyer. I've been in infrequent contact with the realtor Chris Farrell, who works for Vanguard. Um, you know, but try not to be try not to be a pest or anything like that. But you know, would just try to keep things moving. Of course, the other thing is that god awful gas station down at 1611. Um, Western Avenue, that gas kiosk, it looked like an old Sunoco station, that that thing is just absolutely ugly as well. But we've seen some, we've seen improvements. Uh, yeah. For for example, starting right at the uh, town line with the uh, city line with the Albany, that old card reader uh, ranch uh, that was taken down, uh, Rick Janko and uh, um has put in. That's where I, I think Moses or uh, one of the, there's there's a. It looks like it's a full building, brand new building. Uh, certainly, uh, something that really was great was getting rid of that old bank and vacant lot where uh, Tommy Polito's used to be on the corner of uh, uh, 146 and 20. And now we got Cumberland Farms. We've seen Bumblebee uh, torn down and replaced by a very nice tractor supply. Uh, other buildings have been have been upgraded, so uh, you know things. things but are I'm just happening. trying to get at you, though. How how long have you lived in Gilderland? Oh, I uh, we've been in Gilderland since 2009. And what is it that inspires you to care about these things? You know, just maybe go go back in your childhood. Like, where did you grow up? What, what I, I went back to. Uh, well, there, there's another thing. Okay. I, I, I have seen crappy buildings in Milton, New York, which is in southern southeastern Ulster County, where I grew up. I mm-hmm. mean, we had some real crap. And interestingly enough, you know, you you you've jogged my memory. I worked with a lady by the name of Grace Eastland, and we were able to get down three buildings. You know, through donations from the interested parties, things like that, uh, to to drop these buildings and uh, ha- have the owners uh, haul them away. So this is an interest. This is an interest of yours that predates Gilderland in Milton, yes, where you grew up. Tell just yep. tell us a little about your family growing up. Like, what what did they do? Was there just an interest in? Aesthetics or in civic, well, no, they, civic they, duty, they, they were, a sense were, of citizenship. They were, they were both. Uh, Mom and Dad were both teachers. They worked in the uh, Marlboro uh, Central School District. Uh, mm-hmm. I graduated from Marlboro Central School District in 1962. Uh, you know, it was just something. But I did come back. I didn't. I did move back to Milton, and I was able to get involved in uh, in the Democrat political organization. Uh, I was able to say, okay, well, geez, you know, maybe can we do better? 
And that's the whole thing. Can, can, can you do better? Uh, and the answer always is yes. Yeah, you can do better. Now, oh. But, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at. Lots of people drive by, you know, signs that aren't painted and they don't suddenly decide they're going to paint them. Or they drive by buildings that are decrepit and they don't think, okay, I'm going to get on this and try to fix it. I mean, what, what is it? Where did that come from? In you, you know, I, I, I really don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Uh, it, it, the inspiration that I said for the stork markers came from this young fellow down in Greenville. I know that. Right. But the, the the inspiration for getting rid of some of these buildings was just saying, well, gee, well, again, I retired in 2014. I had time. Uh, I had time in my hands, and uh, I said, okay, let's 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 do this. Let's try this as well. And you're right. You use the word gadfly. You, you got to be a pain in the ass. And so this is this. Is, yeah, I looked up gadfly because you know Plato wrote about you know, Socrates, I, I, I and here's what here's what Plato here's what Plato wrote. If you kill a man like this is what Socrates said is you know he was on trial for his life. If you kill a yeah. man like me, you will injure yourselves more than you will injure me. You know, because the role of the gadfly, he said, is to sting people and whip them into a fury, all in the service of truth. So, I just, yeah. But I just wondered, like, where in your past that came from? Your parents are both school teachers. Did they... um, Again, again, to answer your question, I don't know. Okay. Now, while I was... uh, Listening to you, my wife came came by and made a very telling remark that uh, there are a lot of good, nice buildings on Route 20. Uh, the, the commercial establishments, the the library, the library is the absolute gem of this town, mm-hmm. and that is that that now they've they've upgraded it. Uh, that that's. Was a beautiful building. Now is a beautiful building. Uh, a lot of the uh, commercial establishments, you know, it's a it's a disparate style and things like that. But they're all clean. Uh, the the uh, I love the new car wash. I, down on down uh, across from Hamilton Plaza. I love mm-hmm. that new car wash. I mean, it's it's, it's a treat to go in. Uh, you know, also all sorts of different colored waters and things like that. I just ah, this is cool. And people like it because uh, we went by there the other day. Uh, at least half of the uh, vacuum uh, stalls, were, uh, the outdoor vacuum stalls were occupied. It certainly did change the look of that section. And I know it was controversial. Um, it's just, it's hard to know. And you might have a sense of this because you've done all the historic markers and you were earlier talking about the days when Route 20 had, you know, cows and pigs traveling along it on their way to market. So, yeah. So I just do you have any sense of what the future is going to hold? Well, as I said in a letter once when somebody was uh, moaning and groaning about uh, the installation of Cumberland Farms, we are big enough so we can do stuff. I mean, look at the housing that's going in. Look at the uh, look at the uh, the new commercial establishments uh, up and down. Look at Storeway. I mean, Storeway replaced Governor's Motor Inn. Thank you, thank you for putting in a viable, tax-paying, reasonably nice set of buildings that people will use. We're big. We're, we're, 
think about it, you know go past the town hall we have seen uh, we're, we're going to we're seeing new solar farms we're seeing a wonderful winery that's being uh, that's being installed as we speak the Cobra Pond winery just past the railroad overpasses and uh, you know there's there's a lot of space here and it'll be interesting to see what develops. I mean, I remember when the governor's inn was posh, my grandparents would stay there when they visited us. So it's just how things evolve and change, which... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So our time has flown by. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? I, I, I just think that, you know, one of the problems with these markers is that when they were installed in 1932, the average speed was probably about 32 miles an hour going mm -hmm. up and down. route. You couldn't go any faster. Mm. Uh, I mean, the roads were, uh, the, 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 the new, uh, the dirt was replaced by concrete slabs. And if you remember, that was the original um, pavement for the throughway, and those things rose and fell with the uh, with the seasons. So you went ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. And uh, but the thing that we we have here is the ability to to make people aware. Um, Gilderland did not begin. Uh, for me, in 2009, it began way back in the day, in the, in the late 1700s, and you got to respect that. You got to respect that. We're, this community is built on the work of other folks, and uh, it's you, you just you just got to hold that in regard. <laughs> 